Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to another Anxiety Slayer interview session. I'm Shan Vanderleek. Happy to be here today with author Faye Jones. Faye is a licensed acupuncturist and author of the newly released book, When Stress Makes You Sick. Faye has been working in the health and wellness field for almost 30 years and is an expert in the area of stress management and stress reduction. Her interesting job history has included working as a midwife's assistant at over 350 births, a patient educator, a massage therapist, and for over a decade as an acupuncturist and health coach. As a mom, solopreneur, and author, she knows firsthand what it's like to keep a lot of balls in the air at once and understands the importance of managing the things that trigger stress in the body. She is committed to teaching deeper levels of self-care and helping her patients to use that self-care practice to achieve and attract more of what they want in their lives. We are so happy to have you here with us today, Faye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Shan. I'm happy to be here. So I have a handful of questions for you today. And the, the very first thing that comes to mind is to get a little bit more information about your inspiration for writing When Stress Makes You Sick. Well, you know, I have been, like you said, a practicing acupuncturist for over 10 years and involved in patient care and teaching for almost 30 years. So I've seen a lot of the physical and emotional fallout that's brought on by stress. Um, I started to notice that when working with my patients, so much of the focus is on what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. Mm. And... I started to shift the way, you know, in the last couple of years, I started to approach it a little bit differently and try to figure out what was going on, but not only what was going on that was wrong, what was also going on that was right. And in, in dealing with stress and what's going on in the day-to-day part of people's lives, I really started to come into finding myself saying the same things over and over again. Mm. And these universal types of things that people were kind of wanting and needing to hear were the things I wanted to put in the book. And as I was approaching health in this way, my patients started to really light up and make really remarkable changes when I brought that connection of what you do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to the doctor and having the doctor fix you and not just focusing on the complaint, but really looking at the whole picture. So in addition to the professional aspect of the work, I also ran into a lot of this myself. After I turned 40, which is a very common time, I find, um, my body started to complain. I ended up having three surgeries in three years to remove growths that my doctors thought might be cancers. And you know, to my relief, they were all benign, but the whole experience brought my attention to the levels of stress I'd been dealing with in my body. At the time, I was just finishing grad school, 
getting ready to take my boards. My daughter was just a toddler, and I was still recovering from a six-year-long fertility drama journey. Um, I was clearly dealing with a lot of stress, and you know, looking back, I can see I wasn't doing it very elegantly. I wasn't getting a lot of rest or exercise. I didn't have any sort of meditative or daily practice. I was still breastfeeding, and I was giving into some epic sugar cravings. And what I found was that my body and mind and spirit had been absolutely stretched to their limits. So when I was working with my patients, I began to listen to the kind of advice I was giving them. And, uh, you know, they always say you teach what you most need to learn. So looking back, I can see that I was no exception to that particular rule. (laughs) And I became absolutely driven to discover some better ways of approaching health both for my patients and for myself, which, you know, I think is a pretty typical thing that that, uh, people who help other people run into. So the methods that I've found to be most unique and most helpful are the tried and proven methods that have taken form as this book, sort of a long answer to a short question. Sorry about that. No, I appreciate the backstory. It's important. And there are going to be a lot of people listening that that are probably nodding their heads and uh, really going to benefit from reading this book. And I'm so glad that you wrote it. Thank you. My next question for you is, how do we know if stress is making us sick? Well, you know, the truth is, Shan, that most of us know when this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I just heard you say, you know, the nodding the head, the people are nodding the head. When I tell people that my book is called When Stress Makes You Sick, their most common physical response is to nod their heads. And then they either say, oh, you wrote a book for me? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yep, that's me. So it is important to realize when something outside of us triggers stress inside of us that there's a physical response in the body and that there's always a chance that that break in the equilibrium in the body is is um there's a potential for it to produce imbalance or illness and at the very least to produce uncomfortable symptoms mm-hmm. i can remember um back in in my prior professional life working like a, a crazy woman and just working and working and going and going and going and going until i hit the wall and then I was forced to stop. And that wall being illness or migraine or, you know, whatever it was, choose an item off the menu of stress. <laughs> and uh, and for the longest time, not having the understanding of what was, what was really going on, it's much easier for me to look back at it now and realize that if I wasn't going to listen to my body, my body was going to make me listen to it. Yeah. I like to call that nice, smart body and Mm. kind of pat yourself on the arm as you say that because it's very patient with us. It gives a small indication that something's off, and if we choose to pay attention, then small is all we ever have to deal with. Right, right. And if if we say, no, 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 I have to be a good mom, I have to be a good wife, I have to be a good employee, I have to be a good, I have to suck it up and, you know, continue on, I have to muscle through this, then the body says, um, okay, well, I'll just 
speak a little louder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if if we don't listen for long enough, we do very, very often hit that wall mm-hmm. and end up in bed for a couple of days when, you know, a 20-minute nap might have done it three weeks prior, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I noticed while reading the manuscript that you make a, disti- a distinction between stress and the triggers for stress. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that as well. Sure. Um, first, I did just touch on this just a little bit, but there's really one important fact. The body loves to be in a state of homeostasis, that calm, easy state where things aren't changing. It loves routine. It loves to know what to expect. And the definition of stress is the state of tension in the body that results from any attack on that equilibrium. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking to my patients and I ask them, you know, what's your stress level like? The response I often get is, oh, work is really busy, there's a lot of pressure deadlines, what have you, kids are sick, kids are having problems, um, I'm having a hard time with my car, someone in the family's in the hospital, so on and so on, right? So right. I think that what a lot of people think is that stress is all the stuff that's happening outside of them. Right. And the truth is that stress is actually an inside job. Mm-hmm. It's what's happening inside your body. It's um, that response that happens, which is sometimes called a fight-or-flight response, probably a really familiar experience to people. It's what happens in every situation where your body is being triggered into this stress response. So that usually happens in times of perceived danger. So it could be real danger. And I think most people have had the experience of, you know, being cut off on the freeway when you're driving 65 or 70 miles an hour and you get that rush of adrenaline, Mm -hmm. your heart starts to race, your breathing gets more shallow and rapid, you might start sweating or shaking, your muscles tense up, your shoulders inch a little closer up to your ears. So definitely something outside can trigger that reaction. But the actual stress is happening inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally does. And I was one of those people that for years, if you asked me if I was stressed, I would tell you no. Like, I was so used to it. I was so used to living in that red zone <laughs> that it was natural. I thought it was natural until I really started to, you know, unravel it and realize, oh, that's interesting. Now that I'm doing yoga or meditating or taking time for that nap or taking time for that hot bath and all of these other things and being mindful of my nutrition and so on and so on and so on, I can't remember the last time I had a migraine. Hmm, they must be related. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, the thing that is kind of interesting is we all go into this state. Mm -hmm. It's a very natural thing and it does protect us from danger. Sure. Right? So, you know, if if you are actually in danger, then all of this starts to happen. The sympathetic nervous system is activated. It sets off a cascade of physical events in the body that help you to get away from that danger. Right. Because you have that heightened awareness, all the blood is 
sent out to the muscles, into the brain, your blood sugar levels go up, you have the strength and the focus to either stay and fight for your life or run for safety. Right. And this is a reaction that's been really hardwired into our genetic code and it's been important for continuation of species because if you think about it, the cavemen who didn't respond to danger in this way were eaten before mm-hmm. they had a chance to reproduce. Right. Makes sense. It sure does. So then if stress is hardwired into our genetics and helps us deal with danger, how does it also make us sick? Well, I think that goes back to what you were saying. If you think about this typical day in the life of of a person in the Western world in particular, you wake up to an alarm clock and you experience that similar adrenaline rush, the one you have when the truck or somebody on the freeway cuts you off in the car, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing you do is whatever it is you have to do to get out of the house in the morning, Mm -hmm. put finishing touches on that presentation for work or make the kids lunches, get them off to school. And I know you and I have daughters the same age, so you know that that is not a stressless experience. Um, maybe you have a disagreement or some kind of rough communication with a family member. All of this is more adrenaline. There's that urgency, that continued stress response that's, that goes on in your body. So then you get to work, you finally get into a rhythm and you get interrupted to deal with some other pressing problem or you get a call from your child's school or something else is going on, obviously the circumstances are a little bit different for everybody, but that overarching effect is going to be the same unless you live on a mountaintop and don't work and don't have a family or a significant other. There is that seemingly constant stream of threats and demands and pressures and catastrophes that have to be dealt with. So unchecked, this can lead to that continual sense of danger that you were talking about. Gotcha. So whether or not it's real or perceived, the body can't really tell the difference, and it just experiences that prolonged and deepened stress reaction. Well, the problem then is this is a very effective design, but it's meant to be a temporary measure. It's only supposed to continue until you're out of danger. But so many of us go into this mode repeatedly or even live in that space, like you were saying, that you don't even notice that your body is just cranked up all the time. So if that happens for long enough, you can find yourself, and and often shockingly, because you really had no idea that you were so stressed, mm-hmm. disabled. Mm-hmm. You can be physically, mentally, emotionally disabled. So whether or not the situation actually calls for fighting or fleeing, you do go into that fight or flight mode over and over again, and it compromises your ability to cope, can cause illness, fatigue, depression, migraines, and and more. Sure. One of the phrases that you use in the book is health from the inside out. What does that mean and and why is that so important? Oh, boy. (laughs) A handful of years ago, a lot of years ago, I heard a colleague of mine describe the trigger for stress 
as simply the difference between what is and what we think it should be. Mm. True, huh? Oh, yeah. Think about it. That's when we feel off balance. When you're in a situation that you think should be playing out a different way, that's when you experience stress in your body. Now, I think this is really great because it implies that whatever is going on outside of you is not the only issue. I also think that this explains why some people respond differently to the exact same external circumstances. Because the truth is, there will never be a shortage of external stressors. Right. Right? Yeah, so it's all how how we take care of what's inside. It's how how we manage ourselves internally in order to show up for ourselves and our families and and our careers externally. Yeah. So the the first thing that you want to consider when you're thinking about approaching health from the inside out is your attitudes and beliefs about what's going on. (laughs) Both inside of you and outside of you. Yeah, reality check. It's a very interesting thing because certainly you know, how you're responding to whatever is happening outside of you is one thing. But one of the questions I love to ask my patients is how do you feel about how you're feeling? Mm. And it starts to touch on the people who are already sick. It brings up another really important aspect of health from the inside out because when the body is expressing symptoms, we tend to think that it's fighting us are not answering the call in some way. And, you know, I talked about this earlier with the, you know, stroking your arm and saying nice body, smart body. The way I look at it is it's just trying to tell us that something's out of balance. Mm-hmm. It's the messenger and we don't want to shoot the messenger. It's so smart and it really only has one agenda and that's to maintain that equilibrium inside. And like I said, it's very kind It's very patient. It's going to send messages in the form of physical and emotional symptoms. And it is going to send louder messages if we don't acknowledge the first one. So the goal is to be healthy. It makes sense to stay present and listen. And this is the cornerstone of approaching health from the inside out. Mm, Really, really good. Go ahead. I was going to say really, really great information, and I was just going to um, share a, a brief story about my yoga practice because I am certain that practicing yoga saved my life. Certain of it. Tell me more. Uh, well, because when I was in that corporate role, um, flaunting my type A control freak per- perfectionist personality, um, I did not have an outlet. Um, I was not living in my body. I was so not living in my body. And I, at the time, I didn't realize that. Uh, other than now, if I look back, you know, I called my, it, it was that time of my life where I was loaded and bloated, um, eating the wrong kinds of food, and, you know, just, just um, you know, making, making tons and tons of money and loving this and eating out and doing that and, and just kind of floating along in, 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 a, in a life that um, was making me sick. <laughs> and I started practicing yoga, 
And all of a sudden, I was in my body, right? For the first time since, you know, being a, a gymnast probably in, in high school. It was the first time to, to really be back in there and, and to listen to what was going on. And everything's changed since then. I'm, I'm just so grateful to that practice um, to get back to my breath. And, you know, so much of the work that we do with Anxiety Slay- Slayer is breathing exercises and, and working with the breath to move through anxiety as gracefully as you possibly can. So I thought it was important that I bring that, bring that up because so many of us are not living in our bodies. And that is really that space of approaching health from the inside out. It's having that awareness and living in that space of mindfulness where you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. You're listening to your body. It's really, it's a very, um, I call it a holistic per- <laughs> pursuit. Sure. It's, it's big. It really requires all of you. And I, I feel like, um, I, I don't know how old you are, but I just recently turned 50, and I feel like, the last decade of my life has been my body calling me back. Mm-hmm. It's calling me back to being present. It's calling me back to paying attention and listening and finding that quiet time and learning how to rejuvenate mm-hmm. and nurture. And for, for my experience with my patients, and I had a very similar experience with yoga as you have had, so I'm, I'm right there with that. Hmm. For me, it seems that the way we talk to ourselves, how we perceive our lives, how we perceive the disharmonies in our bodies, how we are with ourselves might be the missing ingredient mm-hmm. to creating serious breakthroughs in health. I could talk to you about this for hours. It's just fascinating information, and and it's amazing what happens when you just allow yourself to be open to it and, and to just continue learning and continue, oh, this, you know, this makes so much sense, and to be able to look back at it and know and to, that you've put this book together is I'm just really excited for you and for everybody that's going to have the chance to read it. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. So I do have just a couple more questions for you. I know we're coming up on the half hour mark, so I'd like to ask them. What's really on my mind right now is beyond what I already know or what our listeners already know is what do you suggest that we do to protect our bodies to prevent or at least ease this stress response? Well, I think we've we've kind of already established that I'm kind of a self-care junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I'm a huge believer that self-care is the name of the game when it comes to dealing with stress and creating greater levels of health. And in the book, I use the word MAGIC as an acronym to help you remember the ways that I've found really work in terms of taking care of body, mind, and spirit. So um, they also coincidentally activate something that's called the relaxation response, which helps the body recover from stress. So each letter of the word magic stands for one of the important elements in this approach. M is for mindfulness. Okay. You want to pay attention to the body and any symptoms it sends as its messages. Remember that any and all symptoms of disease are just 
simply communications from the body. It's not your enemy or out to get you. It's an ally, and it really wants to help you rediscover balance. So the A stands for attitudes and beliefs. We talked a little bit about that already. Become aware of your thoughts and beliefs and attitudes, including those that you hold about your stressful triggers and the way you think things should be and whatever disease you might be dealing with. G is a great one for me. I love this one. It's gratitude. Mm. Stepping into the recognition that you are more than your illness. Taking time to notice what's good in your life. Um, The good news and the bad news is that whatever you're thinking, consciously or not, you're going to attract more of it. Mm -hmm. So developing your gratitude muscle, I like to call it, allows you to become more conscious and choosy about the thoughts that you hold on to. So having a gratitude practice has positive physical, emotional, psychosocial benefits. And there are studies that have shown that it decreases stress levels and improves the quality of life. And you're not going to believe this, but even with as little as two minutes of practice per week, not per day, per week. Wow. No wonder I'm so happy. I practice gratitude every day. There you go. All right. Well, you're halfway there. So the I, <laughs> the I in magic refers to inspiration. Yeah. And this is living your life on purpose. Mm. It is a critical component to achieving and maintaining vibrant health because when you plug into what inspires you, you're able to open your heart, you feed your soul, your entire perception of the world shifts. And you become more relaxed and calm. You flow better with things. You minimize the stress in your body. You become more patient, more forgiving, more tolerant. And this helps you get the most out of your abilities and keeps you plugged into your dreams. Finally, the C in magic is for connection. And it's just so important to create creating lasting health. The root of the word heal means to make whole or bring together. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you have this experience of wholeness to maintain and create better, lasting, deeper health. So love and support, perspective, companionship. Um, it might include trusting relationships with healthcare providers, love and positive support of friends and family or being part of a support group or Mm -hmm. people dealing with your particular physical issue. Mm -hmm. So in looking at the magic model, I like to remember those letters because then it's just, oh yeah, mindfulness, attitudes, belief, gratitude, inspiration, connection. It's five easy ways that really make up a a very inclusive approach to self-care Love it. Absolutely love it. It's going to bring you more into your body. Mm -hmm. And as you go more into your body, what I find is that you go farther away from your story. Right. And that is a big, big, big piece in lowering anxiety levels and stress levels. And it allows you to consciously and consistently nurture yourself. Please, please, please tell us how we can find out more about your book and and how our listeners can get in touch with you. 
Well, thank you very much for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for your listeners to buy the book. I'm so pleased with the book. It was like giving birth to a child. Um, it's a really quick read. It's easy read, full of ways to help you improve your self-care practice. Um, the site is very simple. It's the name of the book. So it's www.whenstressmakesyousick.com. Okay. And um, while you're on the site, please feel free to subscribe to my blog and get some great tips and techniques for stress management and stress reduction. We will also make sure that we post your website and transcript and everything at the anxietyslayer.com site so that anybody listening both today and in the future can easily find you. I'm so very happy to have you join us today and grateful that you've written this book. The information is fabulous. I love the magic model. It's something that I live by. And now that you've made it so easy for me to, oh my gosh, well, no wonder things are so much better. <laughs> you've just, no, that's you've a really just... nice affirmation. Thank you. Oh, I, I appreciate hearing it from somebody who's actually living it. That's oh, wonderful. yeah. You've really hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm certain that you're going to have much success with your book. And again, thank you so much, Faye Jones, for being with us here today at Anxiety Slayer. My pleasure. Thank you, Shan. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We hope you found this podcast supportive and invite you to visit the Slayer store for our new offering, EFT for Anxiety your comprehensive touchstone for emotional freedom technique. You can find the Slayer store at anxietyslayer.com.